I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, November 22nd. That's what my phone tells me anyway. Um, Andy is out today. He's having uh, having some fun elsewhere. So it's just me. It is uh, flannel Friday for some of you, I'm sure. I am also not wearing flannel today, but that's all right. It doesn't have to be flannel Friday for everyone. Um, it is a, a, a wonderful Friday today. It is the the end of the church year. We're getting to the end of the church year. It is almost Advent. Um, it's a it's a very uh, unique time of the church year. We get to to talk about some things that, that we don't really uh, touch on much in the rest of the church year and uh, get to sing some great hymns. So that is what we have on tap for today in the coffee hour. Stick around. We are talking about this for the entire segment. It is going to be fantastic. As you all know, hymns are one of my absolute favorite things to talk about. So this is going to be uh, I think it's going to be a really great coffee hour today. Thanks to our underwriter at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the coffee hour. You can find out more about them at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining me uh, again for uh, for another program this morning is Pastor Timothy Apple, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas, and also host of Sharper Iron, which uh, hopefully some of you already listened to this morning. Uh, welcome, Pastor. Thanks for sticking around uh, with me this morning. Good to be with you today. And so uh, what is actually, what's going on on Sharper Iron right now? Well, we are nearing the end of the book of Amos. We actually are going through Amos because it is the end of the church year. And there are a lot of the themes that show up at the end of the church year that show up in the book of Amos. Right now, we, we just finished talking about uh, Amos chapter 9, verses 5 and 6 with Pastor Matt Wheatfelt. And that's almost the end of the book. And and our faithful listeners know that it, it's maybe been a, a bit challenging at times because <laughs> Amos preaches the law and the law and the law and the law <laughs> all the way until you get to verses 11 through 15 where the gospel shines forth so so clearly so so make sure you tune into sharper iron on on this coming tuesday when we look at, at amos 9 11 through 15 and get that that gospel uh, but but that's what we're doing right now in, in sharper iron we're going through amos starting in in december we're going to pick up a new series with first uh, thessalonians and second thessalonians a again touching on themes that will hopefully connect to the end of the church year as well as as advent as i, I think our conversation will will take us there today as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, it will. Uh, this is this is a, a, an interesting bridge of a, of a time in the church year. Um, what makes this this time of the church year, the end of the church year, a unique time in our liturgical seasons? So when I think of the end of the church year, I, I, I tend to think of it's part of the long green season, right? Mm -hmm. In most of our churches, you're not going to see the color change in the pyramids other than on the most churches, when they celebrate Reformation, the, the color will change to red. And then the following Sunday is normally all saints and the color changes to white. And then it goes back to green. But those two Sundays, Reformation, with, with its theme of the word of God, the church militant, holding fast to what Christ has given us. And then all saints following that, the victory that we know is ours in Christ and the hope that we have for the life of the world to come, that really propels us forward into the end of the church year. And, and so it's, it's unique in that, that it's still really a part of this long season, but it, you start to get this change in tone. There's a, a very marked change in tone on those last Sundays. Whereas during the summer months and the first part of the fall, you know, we're, we're hearing the teachings of Jesus and some of his miracles as we go through the gospels. And it, it 
I don't know. It's it, boring is not the right word, but <laughs> it, it, not at all. But it, it's sometimes called ordinary time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so because you're just you're living the life of a Christian growing in the teachings of of what Christ has given and, and what the church has. But when you get to the end of the church year, you, you really start to shift the focus towards the end of all things. And it it really I mean, it always hits me, too, because at least here in, in our in our context, the time changes. Mm-hmm. It's getting dark earlier. The days are getting shorter. And it just all sort of meshes together very nicely into this. It's just got a, a feel to it mm-hmm. that you know you're getting close to the end of the church year. And that's reminding you, you're getting close to the end when Christ returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What are the themes that we that we hear about during this time? Obviously, um, the end of, of the church year. We're bridging into Advent. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but uh, but it, uh, there's a lot of end times things that happen during this time of the year, aren't there? That's right. So I think the the primary focus for the end of the church here is the second coming of Christ. He has promised that he will return. We will see him come back just as we as the disciples saw him go on the last day. And so that that is really the focus is that Christ is returning. We are praying, come Lord Jesus. And so tied into that primary theme, you see you see other sub themes, in, including things like uh, preparation being ready what is it what does it mean to to pray come lord jesus so that he comes to you for grace rather than judgment those two two themes are very very common during this time of the year that, that we think about on on the one hand for those who have who do not have faith christ's second coming will be a day of great judgment of mourning and sorrow uh, but for those who who do have faith in christ is a day that we anticipate and look forward to joy with joy and so judgment and grace and how those two things go together. That's that's an important theme. Um, the idea of, of preparation, getting ready, because this day is a, a day of, of suddenness, like a thief in the night, uh, we are told in multiple places in scripture. Um, the the theme of, of waiting, right? That, mm-hmm. that we're waiting for Christ to come all the while that it is yet a, a sudden event. So you, you get these contrasts during the end of the church year. And then, of course, when you think about Christ's second coming, the, the theme of the resurrection of the dead is very important, as well as the the eternal life. As, as we confess at the end of, of the creed, right, you know, the, the third article that we um, that we look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come, that those themes are all very prominent during these last Sundays of the church year again, probably starting about Reformation All Saints, and that's where it really just starts to to go towards that theme. Yeah, yeah, it really starts ramping up with with all of these themes, the, the judgment and grace, those those two two really strong themes. What what are some of the the readings and uh, and the lectionary that that we get to read during this time of the year? So this is uh, this is a a challenging question to answer <laughs> only only because you know most of our churches I think are using the three year lectionary that's what mm-hmm. we use here in Smithville but there are a number of, of folks that that use the one year lectionary and and many of us grew up with that and so mm-hmm. there we don't always hear the same readings but but when when I think of the primary readings that it comes we should think about when we think about the end of the church year there there's three primary ones that I think of and I I really think they 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 go more to the one-year lectionary. Mm-hmm. So, so the reading from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, where Jesus tells the parable concerning the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. They are waiting for the bridegroom to come. Five are wise, 
five are foolish. The wise ones are wise in that they are prepared. They have oil for their lamps. The foolish ones are not prepared. They all fall asleep waiting for the bridegroom to come. He comes at midnight. Here he is. They all wake up. The five wise ones have their oil ready. The foolish ones don't. They have to go and, and buy oil at midnight, which is just about an impossible task. And while they're gone, the bridegroom actually comes. The wise ones enter in. The foolish ones are, are left outside in, in the darkness and in, in terror, not, not being a part of this wedding feast. And the, the conclusion that Jesus gives there in, in Matthew 25, 13 sums it up. He says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So that that is, I don't know if it's text number one. That, uh, it, is the, <laughs> it is the text for the last Sunday of the church here in the one-year lectionary. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the primary texts that I think of. Also, because as we'll see, it shows up in so many of the hymns that mm -hmm. we sing around this this church or this time of the church here. The, the other two things that we really see a lot are the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem. And Jesus talks about that in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke at great detail. And he talks about these signs that will accompany the destruction of the temple, many of which when he's talking, you're kind of thinking like, well, is he talking about the destruction of the temple or is he talking about the end of the world? <laughs> and, and sometimes the answer is, is yes, there's, there's overlap there. And, and that one is, is a text that you're going to hear whether you're three-year lectionary or one-year lectionary. So that, that's, a, that's an important one. And then the, the third text that I would say is, is very key to the end times or the end of the church year is Matthew 25, 31 through 46, where Jesus talks about the end judgment and he talks about the sheep and the goats, the sheep on his right, the goats on his left, those who had faith in Christ, which was evidenced by the, by the way they received Jesus' brothers, those are the sheep, and they inherit the kingdom that, that has been prepared for them versus the, the goats, those who, who had no faith in Christ, which was evident in the way they didn't receive Jesus' brothers, and, and they depart into the eternal fire that's been prepared, not for them, but it's been prepared for, for the devil and his angels, and, and what, what a great tragedy that is. So those, those are the three primary texts that I think we need to be, be thinking about when it comes to the end of the church here. The parable of the ten virgins, the destruction of, of Jerusalem and the temple as it connects with the end of the world, and then uh, the final judgment that's given there in, in Matthew 25. There's others that we can talk about, but but I'll pause for a moment at least. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could talk about this for hours. Um, what do we learn about the second coming of Christ in these readings? They're, they're all, um, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of judgment, um, a lot of, a lot of doom and gloom, but what, what do we learn about uh, that, that the, the last day in the second coming of Christ in all of these readings? One of the things that all of these readings emphasize is the suddenness mm -hmm. of Christ's second coming. You don't know when it's coming, so you need to be ready. You need to be prepared. That That's one of the, the primary themes that we see. Um, so it's, it's unknown timing. The need for preparation, the need for faith to be ready for that day is, is an important thing that we learn when it comes to the second coming of, of Christ. With the second coming of Christ comes this separation of believers and, and unbelievers. It is the time of the resurrection of the dead. Uh, the judgment that, that we confess in the creed, that happens at the second coming of Christ. And, and as you said, and this is one of the tensions that's there in the end of the church year, is there is a lot of doom and gloom. This is, I mean, this is the book of Amos, right? <laughs> that, that the Lord's coming for those who have not trusted in him will be a, a 
day of great terror. And, and it's easy for people to fool themselves into thinking that they are ready for it. Amos, Amos really goes into that. And, and so there's that, there's that fear and trepidation that comes with that day. And I think as Christians hearing these texts, hearing the, the preaching, the hymnody of, of the end of the church here, it's right for us to still recognize our need for that, lest we become complacent, lest we take the Lord's word and his gift of faith for granted. And so we, we need that. And that's there at Christ's second coming. But at the same time, we also need what, what the scriptures put before us over and over again, that this day for Christians is a day to be desired, a day to be prayed for. This is how Revelation ends with this prayer, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. And, and so all of these things that, that are there for us at Christ's coming, it, I mean, it's going to hit us both as, to use those, those Lutheran terms, right? It's going to hit us as law, and we see our need for repentance ahead of this day. But, but we also need to see it as gospel because Christ is, is coming back to give us the fullness of, of what he's promised, this, this gift that he's won in his death and resurrection, that he's delivering us, delivering us to, to us now by faith in his word and his sacraments. We're going to see it on that day. And, and it's a day to, to pray for, a day to be looked forward to, a day to rejoice in. And, and so those are some of the things we see about Christ's second coming as we, we see it in these readings and the preaching of the end of the church here. Absolutely. And we will get to hymns, but we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will talk about uh, some of the hymns in the end of the church year and also how this season bridges us into Advent. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. We'll be right back. type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be now it's easier than ever to do your part go to recyclemode.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible recyclemode.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area become part of the clean recycling movement today it's the right thing to do sponsored by the missouri department of natural resources this is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller inviting you to join me every Monday afternoon on Cross Defense, 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock here on KFUO Radio, where we take up curious topics, curious Christian topics, to excite our imaginations, equip our minds, and comfort our consciences with the supreme and beautiful clarity of God's Word. It happens on Cross Defense every Monday afternoon, 2 to 3, here on KFUO. Please make plans to join us. And if you can't join us live, check out the podcast at kfuo.org. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Mm-hmm. 
It's been a while, but now that we are back in the studio, we will be having on the next broadcast of Law and Gospel Open Mic Friday. Perhaps you have a question about what we spoke about this week or anything on your mind of a theological nature. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. the coffee hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. It's just me today. Andy is off having fun elsewhere, which is cool um, because we're talking about the end of the church year with uh, Pastor Timothy Apple, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas, and a familiar voice on KFUO Radio on Sharper Iron every weekday morning at 8 o'clock. Um, we are covering the end of the church year, the theology. Uh, we haven't gotten to the hymnody yet, so that is what we're doing in this part of this episode because we have to talk about hymns when we talk about the end of the church here, don't we? (laughs) We do. We do. We absolutely do. Uh, So before the break, uh, we talked about some of the themes that we hear about, some of the imagery, uh, the stories, and one of those stories is the parable of the the ten virgins. Um, And of course, if we're talking about the end of the church here and that parable, we have to talk about Lutheran Service Book 516, Wake, Awake, for Night is Flying. Um, And hopefully now everyone will have it stuck in your head because it is one of the glorious hymns of the end of the church here. Uh, what what should we know about this? What what do you want to talk about? Oh, where to start? <laughs> uh, we we did this, our, our LWML here at, at Smithville, uh, for their November devotion, we covered this hymn and we we talked about the scriptural references and we, we even sang it. It was, it was just glorious. It, mm-hmm. It's such a wonderful hymn. It's, I mean, and it's a great hymn, not just for the end of the church year, but for the for any time. It, mm-hmm. it really is. And and depending what day it is, I might tell you it's my favorite hymn. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's always in my top five, which has about 50 hymns. Oh, Be that as it here. may. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is, I mean, it's just, as you said, the primary text that we've got is the Matthew 25, 1 through 13, the, the theme of the the 10 virgins, particularly focusing at what's, what's great about this hymn is that it focuses especially on the joy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be other end times hymns that we might get to touch on here that are, they're going to bring out the judgment, but this one really brings out the joy and, and the tune that it's set to is, is just incredibly joyful. It's, it's such a wonderful, wonderful tune. The, the idea is, okay, so it's, here comes the bridegroom. Get up, right? This is this is this is the news you want to be woken up to in the middle of the night. There's some things that you don't want to wake up in the middle of the night for, but not not this is this is news that you want to hear. So so wake up. And and the watchman, that's another theme that's going to come through. That that's coming from from Isaiah 62, where where you get these these watchmen on the city walls of Jerusalem and they're they're looking forward for for the return of the king, the the coming back of of their Lord, who's I mean, just the think of them in exile, waiting, 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 and here comes their their victor, their rescuer. And, and so so, you know, I mean, the first verse particularly here of Wake Awake. Really, really gets into Matthew 25. Um, you know, oh, where are ye, ye virgins wise? The bridegroom comes awake, your lamps with gladness take, alleluia, with bridal care yourselves prepare to meet the bridegroom who is near. And, and so that's how the, the first verse really takes us into that text. The second verse then, Zion hears the watchman singing. Oh, isn't that a wonderful thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you think about musicals and how people just sort of randomly break into song. <laughs> well, 
that's that's not too far off from, from how it should be for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. That, that sometimes we're just so joyous over the news that we have that we just start singing. I mean, a good example of this is in the in the divine service when you when your pastor says, uh, therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, and then what what does everybody do? They sing. <laughs> and, and so here, here are the watchmen on the walls. They see the Savior coming and they start singing this news. And the whole city, all the people of God wake up joyfully. Why? For her Lord comes down all glorious. Oh, what, what a moment. And, and then just so we know who we're talking about, as the second stanza continues, we, we join in this prayer. Now come, thou blessed one, Lord Jesus, God's own son. Hail, Hosanna. We enter all the wedding hall to eat the supper at thy call. The, the wonderful thing about the end times is that the Lord gives us a foretaste right now. And he does so in his supper where we get a foretaste of that feast that is to come, that, that wedding feast that will have no end when we are with the Lord, body and soul raised from the dead. We get a foretaste of it now in his holy supper. And so, so with, with stanza two ending that way, then, then stanza three just breaks open all of the praise in the world. <laughs> and, and we join together with saints and angels uh, with, with songs that, that we can't even imagine their beauty and a, and a sight that we've, we've never seen such glory before. And, and, and that's, and then, you know, I mean, therefore will we eternally sing hymns of praise and joy to thee that, that these songs that we, we sing here now, uh, we we will sing forever in the Lord's nearer presence. Now, before before I leave that verse, just just real quickly, one of those you know sometimes you're singing a hymn, and you're like, well, what did what did I just sing? <laughs> so, the, in the in the third stanza, the third line as it's given on on Lutheran Service Book five sixteen, there's this line that says, "Of one pearl each shining." portal. What's that? Right. Well, that, that's a reference to the book of Revelation where it describes the, the gates of the new Jerusalem and each gate is, is from one single pearl. And so that's, that's Philip Nikolai, the author of this hymn and the author of the tune. That's, that's his way of, of picturing for us the, the gates of the heavenly Jerusalem where we will sing these praises with joy forever. So, so there's, there's 516. We, we could spend the whole if we really had the whole coffee hour, we could spend the whole hour talking about this hymn. And and I, I fully expect that when our Lord returns, we'll be singing this hymn. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I would be too, yeah. So, uh, uh, and I, I want to keep going with this, but if, we, I have know. To, we have to move on, <laughs> otherwise we won't get to it all. Um, how, do, how do these themes that we sing about in these end times hymn then bridge us over to, uh, to the first Sunday in Advent where we also hear about... Uh, Christ coming. Right. This is this is such a, a unique thing when it comes to the end of the church year and then the beginning of a new one with the season of Advent. And and we were talking about this briefly on, on Sharper Iron just a moment ago with Pastor Matt Wheatfeld. And he, he said, you know, the, the end of the church year and the beginning of a new is not like the beginning of a new year when it comes to, you know, what happens on December 31st into January 1st, where you're watching the ball drop and and things just sort of start over again. As if, as if there's no, you know, it's just one endless cycle. That's, that's not the idea here with the end of the church here. And then the beginning of the new, we're still waiting for Christ's coming. And so as we prepare to receive and hear the news of his first coming, 
living on this side of his ascension, waiting for his return, we can't help but continue to think about and pray for Lord Jesus, come, come quickly. That's, I mean, that's what the word Advent means is, mm-hmm. is coming. And so this, this longing for the last day and our Lord's return to raise us from the dead and take us to our heavenly home, it continues into Advent. It's Advent is more than pre-Christmas. It It's a, <laughs> It's a time of preparation for the Lord's coming. And again, not just to, to remember what he did in his first coming, as important as that is, and not to minimize that, but also to prepare ourselves for that final coming, to receive him in faith when we see him coming with the clouds, when we hear the trumpet and the archangel, and, and with joy we meet him and, and are with him for the, for the rest of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Advent is not just pre-Christmas. <laughs> I think That's sometimes right. we forget that Advent is its own season, and we can we can sit in it for for our, you know three and a half four weeks and and actually enjoy what we get to sing about and read about during this season. Um, and we have like a minute and a half left, but, but oh, <laughs> I know it goes so fast. Um, but I I wanted to touch on super fast um, some hymnody that that does have both of those themes. Um, that they kind of sound like end times hymns but they're actually Advent hymns. Um, we won't get to both of them, but Lutheran Service Book 336 and 348 are two of those that um, that really have these themes of, of the Lord returning. Um, it, it, what what should we know about these when we, when we sing through them with, you know, just a, a minute left? <laughs> sure, yeah. So the king shall come when morning dawns and lo, he comes with clouds descending. Those are the two that, that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, and both of them are in the Advent section of Lutheran Service Book, but both of them talk about not only our Lord's first coming, but also his his second. And so maybe the connection we can we can make is this. It is the Lord's first coming that gives us hope for his second coming. Because when he came the first time, he came to live a sinless life, to die on the cross, to rise from the dead, so that when he comes, and he does all that for us, to give us the gift of salvation, so that on the second coming, we're found in him. And, and as to, I'll, I'll just pick up a line from 336. We gaze upon his glorious scars mm-hmm. that, that when he comes the second time, we see him as the crucified one, mm-hmm. the one who died for us to pay the price for our sins, now risen and ascended to his father's right hand, returning in glory. His first coming gives us hope for the second coming to receive him with joy on that day. Amen to that. Oh, there's so much more we could talk about, but uh, next time, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about Advent hymnody sometime in the next month. Uh, pastor Timothy Apple, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas, and host of our own Sharper Iron. Thanks so much for joining me to talk about uh, the end of the church year. It was a great joy. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the end of the church year. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.